0: Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Umtalha Speaks podcast. I'm Umtalha and this is the final episode in the season entitled Women in Islam. So, inshallah, today's episode won't be about one influential woman from Islamic history, um, rather, a selection of women with brief stories from their biographies to just give us a bit of understanding about more of the women from the past because surely there have been a lot and as muslim women it's important for us to know who our role models are so first and foremost inshallah we'll start off with lady Hawa, and she is the mother of the entirety of mankind So she was the wife of Prophet Adam, alayhi salam, and she was created in paradise from his left rib. So Prophet Adam, alayhi salam, he was created in paradise from a mixture of soil from the earth, various types of soil from the earth, with water from paradise and formed into the shape of a human. His soul was blown into him and he became alive as a fully grown human. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created for him a wife named Hawa from his shortest left rib. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned in the hadith, treat the women well because they were created from a crooked place. And if you try to force it straight, what's going to happen is it's going to break. So the Prophet ﷺ was instructing the the men and the companions, reminding them of how Lady Hawwa' was created, that it doesn't work to use strict force with women. Be gentle with the women. Treat your women well. So Lady Hawwa' She accompanied Prophet Adam السلام, in paradise and they were ultimately sent from paradise down to earth and that is where they lived their, their life and they had a normal life as as humans do. They had children. This is how mankind grew and, and propagated. So even though they were the first Humans ever created and the first to live on earth, they were still tested and tried as we are now, many, many, many years later. And when we think about the greatest test that somebody can go through in this life, many people would say, losing a child whether that's losing a child at birth losing a child in infancy losing a child when they've reached old age a mother never reconciles with the fact that she's lost her child but lady Hawa, may allah accept her Not only did she lose a child, one of her own children killed him. So, the story of the two sons of Prophet Adam, where one of them killed the other, this is true. This was in the very early stages of humanity. And this is something that saddened Lady Hawa deeply. the loss of her child, but not only the loss of her child, the fact that another one of her children took his life. So from the beginning of humanity, women have been tested with the greatest of tests, but the steadfast and righteous women are those who remain obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their hardships. And it's mentioned that Prophet Sheet, he was born as a soul pregnancy. He wasn't a twin after Lady Hawa lost her her beloved son to her. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is merciful with the creation. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Granted her another son. This is a very brief story of the situation of Lady Hawa. And inshallah, later we'll be able to go through more of her story and more of her time in paradise and her time on earth. But this is just one thing for us to reflect on that the mother of all of humanity was tested from the beginning. So we as well should expect and accept tests when they come to us, but always stay steadfast to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts. The next woman that we'll speak about is Lady Sarah, and she was the wife of Prophet Ibrahim alayhi So they were married and they lived together as husband and wife for a long time. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't grant them with children. And at one point they traveled and they came across a land where there was a tyrant as a ruler. What he used to do was he used to try to approach any married women and behave with them in an inappropriate way. So when Prophet Ibrahim and Lady Sarah reached this land... He summoned for Lady Sarah to come to his quarters. And this was something that really worried Prophet Ibrahim But he resorted to prayer because this is what the pious people do in times of hardship. This is what the pious people do when they are tested, when they're worried is they turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protection and for guidance. So Lady Sarah did enter into the quarters of this tyrant and each time he tried to touch her, his hand froze. And he said to her, please make dua to your Lord to relieve this this ailment that I have, and I promise I won't approach you again. So she made dua. And then he tried again. And then he said again, please make dua to your Lord, and I promise I won't do this again. And then he tried again. So he kept doing this until the point that he finally said, you know what, this woman is possessed. There's something up with her. She is possessed. Take her away from me. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected her. And as... a a gift for her as a parting gift, as you may say, this tyrant gave her a gift. At that time, slaves existed and slaves were gifted and bought and sold. And this tyrant gave her a slave woman called Hajar. So when Lady Sarah returned to Prophet Ibrahim, he's worried what happened? We know the situation of this tyrant. How are you? What happened? And she said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected me. And I even came back with this gift. So they were happy, alhamdulillah, about that. So if we can see from the brief description of Lady Sarah and her marriage with Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam, that They were like normal humans in that they encountered issues that normal humans encounter. She felt jealous of Lady Hajar being granted a child. She was tested with this tyrant who looked lustfully at women and dealt inappropriately with them. But in all cases, she dealt with these hardships through obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And she saw the among the fruits of her patience and her obedience in this life. Not only did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant her a child, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted her amongst the highest ranking prophets as a child. So this is for us as women to really reflect and think we shouldn't lose hope. We might really desire something in life and think, my time's up, my time's passed, the clock's ticking, whether that's marriage or children or more children or a job or a degree Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala is the creator of the universe and He provides whomever He wills with whatever He wills. Next, inshaAllah, we'll speak about Lady Hajar, who we mentioned briefly that she was the slave girl of Prophet Ibrahim. So initially she was owned by Lady Sarah and she gifted her to Prophet Ibrahim Alayhi and they had a child together. Now this child was called Ismail, and he as well became a prophet of Allah. So, among what happened with Lady Hajar is that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala ordered Prophet Ibrahim to take Hajar and Ismail to a barren land, and this is what is nowadays Mecca. So they're going on this journey, and and. Ismail at that time was very young. He was still nursing. So Prophet Ibrahim prepared a sack of water and a sack of dates and is taking Hajar out into the middle of the desert. Nothing around. And she's asking him, you know, where are we going? Why are we going out here? There's nothing out here. And he's not speaking. And she keeps asking, like, come on, what's what's going on here? Can you tell me what is it that's going on? Where are we going? And then she asked, is this an order from Allah? And when he responded, yes, then she stayed silent. She knew that whatever it is that he was doing was out of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and she accepted it. And from the perspective of wives and from the perspective of women even in terms of of our relation with our fathers for example or our husbands is this is the level of trust and respect that we should have for the men in our lives is that we should trust that when they're making a decision they're making it based on the rules of the religion, and we follow them in that. No, our fathers are not prophets. No, our husbands are not prophets. But the dynamics and the relationship should be such that the father is the leader of the household. The husband is the leader of the household. and the wife and the children trust his judgment well enough that when he makes a decision, they go with it, expecting that that decision was made based on what's best in the religion. So they reach this barren land, literally nothing around, middle of the desert. And Prophet Ibrahim, alayhi salam, gives her this bag of dates and gives her this bag of water and leaves. Leaves her in the middle of the scorching desert with an infant and a bag of water and a bag of dates and he leaves. What is she to do? He couldn't expressed to her the level of concern that he had for them, how nervous he was for them, as any father would be, leaving his child and the mother of his child out in the middle of nowhere. When he reached a point where they could no longer see him, He turned and made du'a. Oh Allah, protect my family. I've left them in a barren land again. And eventually, Lady Sarah gave Prophet Ibrahim this slave girl as a gift. So amongst the rules of the religion is that a man, if he properly acquires a slave woman, he can have intimate relations with her, just as he does with his wife. So even though she's not his wife, he can have intimate relations with her. So this is what happened, is Prophet Ibrahim, salam, he had intercourse with Lady Hajar, which as far as the rules of the religion are concerned, this was perfectly legitimate. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed them with A child. Now, up until this point, Lady Sarah didn't have any children and she was old. She was approaching 90 at that time. And here she saw her husband with a child from a different woman. And as any woman would, she felt a certain way in her heart and she longed for a child and what did she do? She made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant her with a child and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the creator of the universe granted Lady Sarah a child at the age of 90 years old. So Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam had had sons one through the route of Lady Hajar and one through the route of lady sarah and lady sarah's son is called ishaq and through him many other prophets came asking allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help and for protection so lady hajar is left with an infant that's still nursing so she eats from the dates and she drinks from the water until the point that it's gone and she's not producing milk And the baby's thirsty. So she goes to search. Where? Where where do you search in the middle of the desert? There are two mountains, one called As-Sofa and one called Al-Marwa. So what she did is she climbed these mountains, leaving her child, climbs to the top of As-Sofa, Looking around for water. Can I see water anywhere? Comes down, but then gets to a point in the middle in the valley between these two mountains, where she can't see anything. She's all alone. Anyone would be scared. So she rushes. She rushes, she picks up her pace to go back up to the top of El Marwa, looking around. Is anything here? And comes back down. And she does this seven times looking for water. They're in the middle of the scorching desert. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends an angel to strike the earth and out flows Zamzam water. Allah has power over everything the creator of the universe brought forth water in the middle of the desert so people who were traveling they they traded they at one point were coming past this area and they'd been past this area previously and knew this is the middle of the desert there's no water here there's nothing here And they came to find birds circling around which usually happens when there's water. So they came and investigated the situation and found there's actually water here. So they asked Lady Hajar for permission to drink from the water. And it turns out that they were Arabs. So Prophet Ismail ended up being raised around them and ended up speaking Arabic and, and learning Arabic. And the our Prophet, Prophet Muhammad, والسلام, comes through the lineage of Prophet Ismail, And this is among the disagreements that Muslims and Jews have with regards to Prophet Muhammad alayhi is that they expected the final Prophet to come through the root of Prophet Ishaq. And Christians sometimes refer to Prophet Ismail as the bastard son of Abraham. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects the Prophets from having any unlawful relationships, but also protects the Prophets from being born from an unlawful relationship. So we don't say about Prophet Ismail that he's the bastard son. We understand the validity of his conception from the perspective of the religion and accept that our Prophet, the final Prophet Muhammad sallallahu came through his lineage. Moving on, inshallah, we'll speak about Lady Amina who is the mother of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa So Lady Amina ta'ala anha and her husband Abdullah, they were from the tribe of Quraysh, which is the highest ranking tribe amongst the Arabs. They lived in Mecca and Prophet Muhammad والسلام, was conceived in a normal way. During the time that Lady Amina was pregnant with the Prophet ﷺ, her husband died. And this is something that any woman can imagine would be very difficult. That you're about to have a baby and his father dies. So now you're bringing this child into the world with no father. And this was the situation of Lady Amina. So she gave birth to the Prophet والسلام, and during his birth, she witnessed a lot of amazing sights. And the scholars of Islam mentioned that this was a merit and an indication of the high status of lady Amina. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept her. So she gave birth in the natural way as women give birth and she mentioned that she had a pregnancy just as women have pregnancy except that she didn't feel the pains that women normally feel. Just that she would sweat and delivery was the same. That she didn't feel pain that women normally feel when they deliver. So when the Prophet والسلام, was born, of course she wanted the best upbringing for him. And what the women in Mecca at that time used to do, they lived in the city and what they used to do was they used to send their small children with a wet nurse, some uh, a woman who would breastfeed them out In the villages out far away from the city with the hope that the food that they ate was more pure that the air that they breathed was more pure this was in a hope to give their children the best start so lady amina did the same thing she so she sent her small child muhammad out with a wet nurse and when it was time for him to come back His breastfeeding mother wanted to keep him. So Lady Amina accepted for Prophet Muhammad to stay with his breastfeeding mother longer than most children would. So she lived for much of the childhood of the Prophet without him. And we think now... We can't even sleep without our children for one night, let alone years on end. But this was a sacrifice that Lady Amina made in order to give her child the best start to life. So at one point later, the breastfeeding mother of the Prophet brought him back, kind of in a hurry. and. Lady Amina said to her, what happened? You were in such a rush to keep him before. What happened here? And his wet nurse said, you know, it's just, it's time for him to be with his family. She didn't expose completely what happened, but she said, you know, it's it's time for him to be with his family. And shortly thereafter, Lady Amina ta'ala anha died. So the Prophet ﷺ, by the time he was six years old, was a complete orphan. He'd lost his father before birth and lost his mother by the time he was six years old. This shows us that even the Prophets are tested. The pious people are tested. We think about the most difficult hardships that we have or that someone that we know has and certainly we can find within the history of the Muslims and likely in the biographies of the prophets, much greater tests. But the difference between us and them is their level of patience, their level of steadfastness to the rules of the religion. And how dutiful they are in worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during their tests. So we mentioned briefly the breastfeeding mother of the Prophet. And yes, this was Halima, and we'll speak a little bit about her now. She lived outside of Mecca and she had her own child who was close in age to the Prophet. Now when she came to to Mecca, she came with the other women from the village who came looking for children to take back. This was something that they would take a fee for, and this was this was work. So the other women when they came, they got assigned with a child much quicker than Lady Halima. And the Prophet, والسلام, other people weren't approaching him quickly because he didn't have a father. So they were thinking, well, who's going to pay? We're after a good return for our work. So a child that doesn't have a father, that's kind of a risk. So they didn't approach the Prophet. But Lady Halima, her husband, encouraged her, take the child. He needs someone to, to breastfeed him, take him, and, and hopefully we will seek blessings through this child. Now, when they came to Mecca, the animal that they were riding on had no milk. The Halima herself had no milk to the point that her son would cry out of how hungry he was at night. So when they first took the Prophet and she first lifted him to her breast, she said, I felt my breasts full of milk to the point that he drank his fill and my son drank his fill and they slept silently throughout the night. But not only that, they went to go milk their animal and found that their animal was full of milk. So she and her husband drank as well. So when they met with the other women who'd come from the villages with them, they said, is this the same animal that you came with? Like it's looking really healthy. So from the very early stages of taking the Prophet Lady Halima noticed a lot of blessings from him. And this is why when it be, when it came time for Lady Halima to return the Prophet والسلام, to his mom, she asked, you know, can we keep him a little bit longer? She knew there were a lot of special things about the Prophet Now, what happened when she brought him back after after a while. Angel Jibril came to the Prophet والسلام, and cut open his chest. He cut open his chest and washed his heart. And this is something that Lady Halima's son saw. So he went back and said, Someone came and cut open Muhammad's heart and and this worried Halima. Like, what's going on here? What if I don't return this amana, this trust? It's, It's time for him to go home. But she didn't reveal that to Lady Amina. But even still, Lady Amina picked up on something. Something's up. You were so keen to keep him before. And all of a sudden, now you're bringing him back. But Lady Halima had great love and great fondness. For the Prophet والسلام, she raised him as her own. So the Prophet والسلام, he, from a very young age, he had various relationships with various people. And this concept of a relationship, of a bond through breastfeeding... We know of that through the Prophet and this is a rule that stands in the religion, this is something that came in the Qur'an, is the permissibility of breastfeeding children that aren't yours and the relationship that comes as a result of that. So the Prophet ﷺ, he, he grew up, but he grew different than other children. He was very smart and he would grow very quickly. And this is something that was noticed about him in, in the community. When the Prophet والسلام, reached the age of 25, he married his first wife, who was Lady Khadija. And we have mentioned the story previously of Lady Khadija and their relationship and their children. So... The Prophet والسلام, all of his daughters came through Khadija. But Lady Khadija wasn't the only wife of the Prophet He never married any other woman while he was married to her. So Lady Khadija Anha, she was the only wife of the Prophet ﷺ for the entirety of their marriage. Then when she passed, he married other women for various different reasons, whether that was building trust between two tribes or helping out a widow or a divorcee. Actually, all of the wives of the Prophet were either divorcees or widows. Except for Lady Aisha, she was the only virgin that the Prophet ﷺ married. So we won't go through the stories of each of the marriages of the Prophet ﷺ and how they came about and what the reasoning behind it was. But it is important for us as Muslim women to know that these were the wives of The Prophet, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, refers to them in the Qur'an as Ummahatul Mu'mineen, that these are the mothers of the believers and they had different rules that applied to them that didn't apply and don't apply to the rest of women. Their status is different to the rest of women and they will have the honor of being married to the Prophet ﷺ in paradise. So just to briefly, briefly list out the names of some of the wives of the Prophet He married Lady Khadija. He married a woman called Sauda. He married Lady Aisha who was the daughter of Abu Bakr He married a woman called Umm Salama. He married Hafsa, who was the daughter of Umar ibn al-Khattab. He married Zainab ibn Jahsh. And their marriage wasn't through a regular traditional nikah. Their marriage was revealed in the Qur'an. He married Juwayriya. He married a woman named Ramla. He married a woman named Safiya, a wife of the Prophet والسلام, is also named Maymuna and he also had his son Ibrahim with a slave woman called Maria. So these are amongst the names of the wives of the Prophet and it's important for us to at least know that. the kind of biographies that we memorize of celebrities and this actress and that actress as Muslim women. It's at the very least important for us to know that, yes, when we hear the name Maymuna, that's usually in reference or that girl is named after one of the wives of the Prophet Hafsa, that girl is usually named after one of the wives of the Prophet ﷺ. Now, as we mentioned, all of the children, except for Ibrahim, all of the children of the Prophet والسلام, were through the route of Khadija, were through Lady Khadija, رضي الله تعالى عنها, And the Prophet والسلام, buried all of his children, except for Lady Fatima. And she passed away six months after the Prophet ﷺ. So the other daughters that the Prophet ﷺ had was he had Ruqayya, Zainab, Fatima, and Umm Kulthum. These were the daughters of the Prophet ﷺ and their stories are extensive. The stories of their marriages, who he gave them to in marriage and inshallah at at a different time, we will have the opportunity to go through these biographies and stories of these great companions of the Prophet alayhi But at a very minimum, as Muslim women, we should know that the Prophet alayhi had a daughter named Zainab and he had a wife named Zainab, that the Prophet alayhi had a daughter called Ruqayya. When we come across somebody called Ruqayya, she's named after the daughter of the Prophet So although this was a lot kind of jam-packed all in one and, and it would have been lovely to be able to go through full biographies of each of these women, at the very least, it's good for us to reflect that At the end of the day, these are women. They were created from a woman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the first of women from the shortest rib of her husband. Just as we have emotions, they had emotions. Just as we are worried, they were worried. The attachments we feel with our children, they felt with their children. But the difference between them and us is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted them with a great deal of patience and a great deal of piety. So when we look to The women in Islamic history as role models were looking to see what was their level of piety, what was their level of patience, and how can I practice that in my own life with the hardships that I face. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the ability to truly take these amazing women As our role models, and to follow in their footsteps of piety, and to follow in their footsteps of patience. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to gather us in paradise with these true role models and with the mothers of the believers. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raise their ranks and grant them the highest levels of paradise. وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ وَالصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَىٰ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ السَّلَامُ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَةُ اللَّهِ وَبَرَكَاتُهُ